Pulls up the three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. Welcome to the MVP cast for me, Mark Woods. We are brought to you in association with Smarkets and SBK, great destinations for basketball and other sports betting. You can search for them online or at Smarkets, that's smarkets.com, or you can search Smarkets NBA News every week for my regular picks column on the NBA. Now, a hybrid edition this week. It was the trophy finals in Glasgow, of course, last weekend. Victory in the WBBL trophy final for London Lions. And of course, that sensational, amazing buzzer-beating triumph for Caledonia Gladiators in the BBL trophy final. David Sloan with well, perhaps the second most dramatic shot that I can remember in almost 30 years of covering this league. A few post-game snippets from those to come. But first... Let's talk a bit about the WBBL. Interesting times for the league, despite the Lions' domestic monopoly on all the trophies. A decision soon to be made on whether they rejig their competition structure to mirror whatever the BBL have in mind for next term. The demand, certainly we understand, for fewer games rather than more from the clubs and the players. Of course, it's still a semi-pro league at heart. And one with quite the disparity now between the likes of London and Caledonia with their arena plans and Manchester and Oakland's at the other end of the table. So I caught up with the WBBL chair, Jim Saker, and asked him how he'd evaluate the state of the league. I think what you've got is you have to acknowledge that the London Lions are probably the best women's team that's played on British soil in the history of the game. So therefore that's a quantum leap in the performance. But what's happening is that the rest of the league is striving to get to that position. They're working at it. It's going to take some time. But in fact, it, you, you know, it's, it's a, a strong league and it's competitive. Obviously, Lions are, uh, are much better than some of the other teams. But in the whole, the, the strength of the league is stronger than it has been. What's the strategy at this point in time? I mean, long-term growth. You know, it's, you know, it's a league that's kind of come through its early phase. But where is that next stage going to come from? We're working very closely with Aaron Raiden and the BBL. Our partnership with the BBL has been strong over the years and we're looking to strengthen that going forward. Obviously, there's a lot of BBL teams that have WBBL teams. There's a, a symmetry there, which I think is uh, likely to be uh, carried forward, you know, going over the next uh, three to five years. So looking at the long term, I think the WBBL is massively strong, has great potential. Um, obviously, there's going to be some teams coming in, coming out. There's, there's going to be a, a, a flux going on but there is a strong future. How do you work that? Because the BBL's got this investment, but it's their investment. And there is some crossover, as you said, with some clubs that are in common to both. But is, is there a differential between what you can do and what they can do? Or how much does the, BBL, the WBBL need to drive their own growth separate to the BBL at this point? I think this, uh, it's a distinctive identity that WBBL has, but we're working in partnership with the BBL to develop the commercial side jointly. Uh, we're not doing going off in one direction, they're going off in another. We're bringing together the, t the symmetry of the two um, uh, leagues together, and uh, we're working close to, to make that happen. What's the sales pitch? I mean, you're going out into the market, to put it that way, for specifically for the WBBL. And it's a league that probably hasn't developed itself in comparison to, say, netball, which has been very strong with their commercial proposition and messaging. How are you pitching this league collectively at the moment? 
I think if you look at netball, it's um, grassroots base is a bit bigger than basketball. But also, they've actually only got a few teams playing in a top league. And so, therefore, what we're trying to do is be a bit slightly more inclusive than that. We have a mixed economy. We have teams which are owned by the BBL clubs. We've got uh, teams which are standalone women's teams. And in the same way as the WNBA, we're looking to grow both so that you have that kind of uh, in-depth approach. Each of those programmes has strong grassroots connections and therefore you try to grow from the bottom going upwards. But on the other side, by comparison to the men, GB women are very much more strongly placed internationally. So the women's game internationally is a lot stronger by comparison to the men. So that gives us a, a, a slant on the marketing that most uh, women, the marketing of women's sport is undertaken from the top downwards if you take the lionesses and to some extent with netball. But what we're, we're looking at is saying, look, what, how can we, in conjunction with the BBF, the BBL, all working together, actually grow the women's team at the, the top of the game in GB level and that has a cascade effect coming down. We all know that all the research shows that marketing of women's sport is very much based on narrative, telling the story, telling stories about women, about their progress and how that works, giving kids, uh, young women, an identity which they can aspire to. And that's what we've been trying to do. We're trying to do that, and we do that in, in, in parallel, in conjunction with the men's game, with the BBL. Do you feel you're playing catch-up, though? With, I mean, you mentioned Lioness, you mentioned Netball. I mean, there's not been a narrative, really, for WBBL. I mean, is that... Is that the next key to unlock this? I think that, that is the issue. That, you know, the basketball generally has been sort of fairly low-key by comparison to other sports. Um, the BBL has, has, has done well. The issue that we, we, we face is that we need to create that narrative. We need to have something to hang your hat on. And by working with the BBL, that's a strength. But also working with BBF and the uh, GB team, having stars being created in that particular way makes a, bit, a big difference. You've got a financial issue for a lot of the clubs and you've got the clubs which are really just trying to survive every given season when you're looking now longer term how do we change that model that clubs can be sustainable they can plan longer term and you can have i guess that less of a churn of members perhaps than has been the case but you're seeing investment taking place if you take the caledonian gladiators no they they bought uh when they the uh the the owners bought the, the uh Gladiators, they bought the women's team first, not the men's. And now you've got the, the two together and an investment which is taking place with a 6,000-seater arena. You've got strong teams like Newcastle, Leicester. They're, they're solid uh, organisations which are going to progress. And what you're looking at is, especially with the Sheffield Hatters and Sheffield Sharks, that's another alliance which is working, uh, bringing uh, two sides together. So that investment is coming in partially via the uh, BBL clubs Partly, hopefully, by the commercial development, the BBL as a league uh, in partnership with the WBBL, but then also clubs on their own, take the Essex Rebels, broke the um, attendance record 1,300 attendees at a WBBL game. So, therefore, there are lots of good things happening. The Riders had 1,200 at their game versus Seven Oaks, Newcastle have gone over 1,000. These are improvements, changes which have taken place in the last couple of years. Before that, none of that was happening. So what I'm seeing is an incremental growth with the impetus and if we can, uh, impetus working in such a way that we're getting bigger crowds in. That gives a commercial basis for which some of the clubs can operate. Big investment taking place in a number of the clubs by outside owners and also with the owners generally. So to me, it's a, a very sort of, there's the potential there to take it forward. Whereas in the past, 
um, it wasn't. I was brought in to produce a structure and produce a framework that would actually support that growth. Is Caledonia an interesting model? Because they've talked a lot about parity of opportunity between men and women, which is, isn't, you know, it's something quite new, but obviously they're building an arena. I mean, is that something to watch, do you think, in terms of the women's game? Oh, very much so. That You know, no men's team now can realistically and politically and socially go forward without having the women at least being acknowledged, if not invested in. And, you know, from my perspective, and it's fairly controversial, but actually I would argue that there should be, from the BBF downwards, there should be more investment in the women's game because actually that gives us the bigger potential on the international stage to do better uh, and, and grow. So that's a bit, bit of a, you know controversial sort of statement but I, I, I believe that actually that investment in the women's game at the international level will actually bring fruit coming down into the league In terms of standards, I mean you started the season with one club in Durham when the season began we weren't actually sure if they were in or it was a bit of a hokey-cokey for a couple of weeks, is there a point where you I guess have a minimum standard or minimum benchmarks that teams have to hit to remain or join the WBBL? Yeah, we, we've got those standards, they've been uh, been re- revised at the moment uh, we're actually sticking to those we're, clubs that cannot meet those standards will not be playing and will that come in as soon as next season they'll remain as, as soon as next season um, Edinburgh applied they had a decent business plan as we understand it um, they seemed a logical candidate where do you see that as an opportunity for the league I mean is that uh, next year or where does that sit I think what we're looking at is um, a, a progressive growth it not hinges on what the BBL does from their their perspective. If a lot of a lot more of their teams have women's, you know, shall we say, Bristol and one or two of the others have a women's team that, that wants to play in the WBBL. Obviously, that's a very strong connection which we would want to exploit. At this moment in time, we're looking at the strategy going forward along with the BBL to say what is the pattern, what will the women's and the men's games look like over the next three to five years, where do we need teams, where, which areas of the country do we need them, and work it from there. Does Edinburgh appeal? I mean, is that, is that one thing? That it, 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 no, nothing is ruled in and nothing is ruled out. Um, last thing, I mean, when you see this league in five years' time, is it is it sustainable? Is it standing in its own two feet? Where, what, is this, what is the vision at this point where this can reach? It's definitely sustainable. It's sustainable now. You know, the it's not a loss-making league. Um, some of the clubs may be struggling, but the, it's not a loss-making league. And from my perspective... What I would see is it's a much stronger standalone from the point of view of its um, rules, regulations, but having a strong umbilical cord with the BBL working together that if the BBL prospers, the WBBL will prosper as well. I, I see the two working together. Well, interesting times there and certainly worth keeping an eye on, especially if the idea of every BBL team being required to have a women's team goes ahead as things move forward. Now, that's of course the case in London. Lions picking up their seventh successive domestic prize with their third WBBL trophy on the bounce. A 81-70 win over Leicester. But Riders making up much harder than expected. A great performance from Kermesh Patel's side. And GB guard Hannah Robb showing once again why she's a rising star. It was a really great performance from our team um, and I think after the last game we had with London in the cup final I think we've shown our character and togetherness to respond like we did. Um, just close um, but we know again for next time we can take everything away um, and improve and next time we'll, we'll get them. Does it feel like, I mean I know you've lost but there, 
they were favourites by 30 my yeah. size isn't that sort of stereotypical defeat that kind of feels like a weird victory or whatever the phrase is yeah I mean for us we were more focused on ourselves coming into this game um, we know London are an incredible team they're so deep like each player across the board can contribute so we were more focused on us um, our goal was to make make the trophy final but we weren't satisfied we want to come away happy and proud of our performance and I think we've done that do you um, I mean for you personally now where's the bar set yeah, I mean, again, for me today, this was all on my team. Um, they did a really good job of finding me. We find the open person when they're open, and they have confidence in me to knock down the ball. So I can definitely take a lot of confidence from this performance, head, performance heading into the summer. So I'm hoping to just build on that and build with my team. Now let's hear from the winners of the WBBL trophy. Shanice Beckford Norton was one of a relieved but very happy Lions pack after a second half tour de force. All right, like uh, I think we turned it up a bit in the second half compared to how we played in the first half. And um, we kind of figured out how to work around their zone and get the shots that we needed to get. And I think it's, it's good how we came back and we finished the game how we wanted to finish, which was with a win. I mean, a lot of people had you. 30 point, 40 point favourites. I mean, did they surprise you? Um, I wouldn't say surprised. Um, I do think they, they probably played their best game. And at the beginning, we weren't at the level that we were supposed to be at to come out with that result. Um, I don't think we were playing to scout at the beginning, but we definitely picked that up in the second half. And uh, we got out to shooters a bit more than we did in the first half. And we got on the boards a lot more as well. Has there been a bit of a transition from Mark to Stella that's maybe not the rhythm that you had off earlier in the season? I'm, I would say like the first week maybe, but we've definitely picked it up. We know how to play. We know what type of game that we want to play, which isn't much different. We want to keep the fast pace. We want to keep the defense turned up. And um, we want to get our shooters the ball and get the ball inside and work inside out. Um, it's, just, it's just about staying locked in and staying focused on what Stella wants us to do. Now you got the clean sweep again to aim for. Um, yeah, that's like from the beginning of the season, that's what we're going for. And with the change, Stella knew what she was coming into. Um, she told us how much talent we have and... Um, She's emphasised that something that we already know, but um, she's really highlighted the athleticism on the team and what we can do. So we're going to continue to go for the next trophies. Now it was Lance captain Isania Stewart who lifted a second piece of silverware this season after picking up that WBBL Cup back in January. Just the championship to round off. Let's be honest, it's almost done, and then the playoffs to come. Now Isania called time in her international career with GB last month, of course, goes all the way back to the London 2012 Olympics. The presumption has been that she's hanging up her boots completely at the season's end. So do these moments, these victories, feel a little bit more special? Um, yeah, I mean, they're all special, but they're all our goals. And when you want to, uh, when you set goals at the beginning of the season and you start to achieve them, they're all fantastic um, things for us. So, yeah. Taking it in more every game. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Taking it in, um, loving the moment with my teammates and my coaches, and we've been working hard. And like I said before, um, I don't think people give us enough credit for how um, you know it's been a tough season, and we've been resilient and we've managed to bounce back. But a lot's happened, and we had to go through, and we've just come together as a team and, and really um, done well. 
You're kind of delved yeah. into it. Why now, when you're still playing at a really good level on a really good team? What? Um, why am I retiring? Um, because I'm not loving it anymore. Um, basketball to me is becoming a chore. And when it becomes a chore and you don't love it, you start to cheat it. And I'm not going to do it to it to the game. I've, I've, I want to leave it with respect. I've played 20 years, odd years. And um, yeah, it's different. My body's breaking down and um, I still have to look for the future. I've still got a life to live other than basketball. What's the thing you don't like? Is it the grind or is it games or what? Um, what I don't like. No, I just think it's the mental part. It's a lot. Um, it's not that I don't like it. It's that it's just um, he- weighing heavy on me and I really enjoy my job and when I come in I'm happy I'm, I'm ready to be better as a person and as a player and if it's struggling then then it's time to go so was there no temptation to stay on for Eurobasket for oh a listen final? oh no no Eurobasket no maybe next year again Testella's already trying to um, <laughs> but I'm done uh, for a national team I'm 100% done with national team but maybe not domestically maybe not domestically Ooh. but GB yeah for sure there you go MVP exclusive, the door not completely shut to one more season for Azania. So let's finish up with the BBL Trophy final. Gladiators picking up a first prize in almost 20 years. The Emirates Arena just erupting when David Sloan's corner three went through the net. And the very last second, the Poacher 73-70 to went over the Knicks. So what did the man of the hour recall about that game winner? Uh, just... I wasn't playing up to my standards, but always be ready. Stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. I feel like I was ready for the shot. My teammate, I set him up, and then he set me up, so I feel like it was destined to happen. What's the emotions when you saw go through? Uh, the emotions, just, uh, they was very high. I lost somebody the other day, so I, I dedicated this game to him. Who was that? Uh, one of my childhood friends. So, um, so I dedicate this game to him, and uh, it's God's plan. God took him away from me so he wanted me to do this and we got the win that's I mean, all that matters I mean obviously you know the history yeah ours I feel like our reception uh history repeats itself no matter how long it take but we got it done we got the job done now the most relieved happy delighted figure was probably Gareth Murray a runner-up so many times as a player now a victor in his first season as head coach of Caledonia. This team were down five with two minutes left. The Gladiators were on the brink and Murray admitted he was among many in the building that feared all might be lost. I thought we were losing there when uh, Will Nabel hit that three, but then we stuck with it. Uh, we, we ran two play calls there. Prince got another wide open layup. That's what we looked for. And then David Slow made a play at the end. Prince got another great kick, driving kick, and it's what we practiced. The play was drawn up. We just got in timeout and drew it up again just to make sure we know exactly what we're doing. Uh, but David Sloan wide open in the corner, nothing but net to win the game. I mean, it's, it's picture perfect, right? That's what, that's what finals are about. And there's one shot that, uh, to win a game, and we've got David Sloan wide open. I mean, you can't really ask for third best scorer in the league. Um, but the feeling for me right now is just, I'm just happy for the whole organization. It's like everybody's here today to come and cheer us on. Probably 85, 90% of the crowd is, is here for us. Um, I'm happy for Johnny and Ali, Fraser, the Scottish guys that have been here over the years and the struggles of where we've been. And now to win a championship right here on our home floor, perfect. Is there a bit of relief to get this monkey off the board? 100%, 100%. <laughs> See, when we went down, I was like, oh, no, not again. But uh, we stuck with it, like I said, and we made plays. We made plays and we... Uh, 
<laughs> like what else can you say? This is what we play for, right? This is what I've been trying to play for 20 years. I just never was managed to be able to go across the line as a player. But now, uh, first year head coach, I get it done on, on in the Emirates Arena. Friends really step up in those last two minutes. Yeah, 100. percent Great defense all night. Great defense all night. Um, sharing the basketball. I need. I know he needed his rest, so I got him out, and I knew coming back in he was going to be strong. Thought JB played probably one of his best game all round games tonight. Um, Fado, we knew PT wasn't able to play much because of his foot. Fado comes in and does a does a great job for us. Even everybody stepped on the court. Like there's always got a job to do, right? I thought Kyle played great second half. I didn't play much in the first, but second half he came and played defense. It was all about making plays, making plays, making plays, get stops and run. And we made the play at the end of the game to win it. You have to build on this though for the rest of the season. You celebrate this, but you got to stop here. Yeah, 100%. Like, we, the club is growing. The club has got big ambitions to to get bigger and better. We we want to continue winning. I know it's going to be a lot harder where London are going, but we want to be right behind them too. We've got big plans that you know about with the arena, playing in Europe, the the... The league is growing year on year. I think it's only going to get stronger. Other teams are getting their own arena, so it's not going to be easy. But now, for the rest of the season, we, we still have our, our goals. Top four finish. Win the trophy, we reach one of them. We still want to make that playoff final end of the season. And as someone who's been there for all but one of those final losses, you could certainly appreciate how much that meant to the fans and everyone involved with the team formerly known as the Rocks and now the Gladiators. So congratulations to them. That's it for this edition. You can get every edition of the podcast at mvp247.com or via your preferred podcast provider. Of course, make sure you subscribe and then you'll get that little alert that says when a new one comes up. You can follow us on social. Just search for the MVP cast. Or if you want to reach out to me, and please do get me on mark at mvp247.com. Always great to hear from you. Now, we're on an Easter break for a few weeks. We've got to have those chocolate eggs and then recover. But another edition of the podcast coming very soon. For me, Mark Woods, thank you so much as always for your company. And it's goodbye.